Coming up on Podcast 1646, Tesla shows off their new Megapack facility. Stick around, I'll tell you more. What's on the podcast today? BMW i5 M50, the Genesis GV70, and Audi bringing their own premium charging stations to EV drivers. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for the last day of the week, Sunday 6th of November today. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. And the podcast this month has been sponsored by And Charge in the UK, the new app to download uh, to let the charge operators know what you think of their networks. A new high-level reward with Ionity this month. You answer five quick questions about the charger, the location, the condition, and you can earn rewards, and you can exchange those for reals money at Amazon, £5 credits, and even to spend on Octopus Electric Universe charge. So, for any challenge you solve at Ionity, even if the charger is working perfectly, it's all clean and tidy, no issue needs to be detected, uh, you report it on the And Charge app and you get rewarded. Download And Charge from your app store now. We'll start with news, uh, some politics news, uh, but it's not contentious, don't worry, uh, ahead of what will be contentious next week, the midterms, but 16 Democratic US lawmakers yesterday urged President Joe Biden to back a global memorandum that aims to shift to zero emissions, medium duty and heavy duty trucks, according to Reuters.com. It sets the target for 30% of those vehicles to be zero emissions by the end of the decade and 100% by 2040, which seems entirely reasonable to me. Only 30% by the end of the decade. Look, the cost savings that can be made with zero emissions trucking, I'll be surprised if it doesn't happen a lot quicker than that. Medium and heavy duty trucks are only 10% of the vehicles on the roads in the US, but 30% of the emissions. Reuters reporting yesterday, the US EPA will issue tougher greenhouse gas emissions for heavy-duty trucks uh, through at least the 2030 model year. Link to Reuters in the show notes if you would like to find out more. Now, let's talk a little bit about the, the way to get money off an electric vehicle. We all want a little discount. We all want some incentives. Well, in the US, they had the $7,500 off an EV for the first 200000 vehicles made by that manufacturer, which, of course, famously Tesla hit first. Now, the new Inflation Reduction Act, which is signed into law, comes in on the 1st of January, is all about creating a US domestic supply chain so that they're not going cap in hand to China. Well, as car makers themselves are calling on the US government to rethink the plan, they're they're facing some opposition from the very people they're buying the parts from, the suppliers. Car giants like Ford and Toyota say the US government need to loosen the terms of the Inflation Reduction Act because, well, they can't meet the terms by 1st of January in terms of all the vehicles must be assembled in North America. And then there's percentages on the minerals in the battery, where in the case of uh, things like lithium, like 90% of it uh, is done in China, 1% of it's done in, in the US. And so it's very clearly, call it a bit of protectionist law, if you will, uh, debate that amongst yourselves. It's very clearly aimed at creating a domestic industry in the US and uh, and then taking everything that's being thrown at them by Japan, by Korea, by the Europeans to say, hey, that's not fair, you can't do that. And the US are going, well, hey, we just did. So the car makers themselves know that they, own, they won't sell as many cars because their customers are disadvantaged because they're buying the Chinese batteries. Well, they are in opposition to the suppliers of their parts in 
comments on Thursday, I think it was, Ford were urging Biden to exempt domestic suppliers uh, from what is called a foreign entity restriction. Um, whereas the producers of the materials uh, are saying, actually, we think that's a very good thing to do. Nickel, lithium, copper, all the things that go into batteries, the suppliers of those parts say that creating a US supply chain is a really smart thing to do in terms of having control over your own destiny. China is home to more than 75% of the world's battery manufacturing for electric vehicles. That dominance is built upon unrivaled control of the mineral supply chain. Less America wrestles it back, it's always going to be disadvantaged. And when China burps, guess what? No more cars for America. So it's a smart thing to do, but clearly there's some political minefields to uh, to navigate. Japan, one of those saying, hey, it's not fair. European Union are going, hey, it's not fair. Uh, look, and I'm here in Europe, and I completely agree with what Americans are doing. Um, yeah, you, you know, I... It's really interesting, isn't it, how we've gone through a phase of globalization and you can get anything you want from Amazon within a few hours and it was made in China and went on a ship and you never think about where it was made because it arrives on your doorstep in five minutes. But that it's it's all china and that's it's it's got pros and cons with that so i totally understand why the us is saying you know what we need to be uh, a little bit less reliant here on things out of our control japan calling it discriminatory the country's car makers may hesitate to invest in electrification of vehicles in the world's largest economy if the us offers discriminatory incentives to only local manufacturers said japan's government in a letter yesterday they say and i quote this could cause negative impacts on the expansion of investment and employment in the us end quote well if you look at the 10 of thousands of jobs being created in the US by EV manufacturing and battery manufacturing, then that is in direct contradiction to that statement from the Japanese government saying, hey, you're risking jobs. Well, there's a bazillion jobs being created. So we'll wait and see. Clearly, uh, a lot of people are unhappy about this. Let's go to Genesis next, where the GV70, which Genesis called the electrified GV70, which always sounds like weasel words to get out of something being a, a bit of a crappy hybrid. It's not. It's, they say electrified, but they should just say electric. The electric GV70, because it is electric, held their North American debut at a media event in Los Angeles yesterday. It's the third EV from the Genesis lineup. The production of the electric GV70. Not what they call it, but the electric GV70 starts this December at the Alabama manufacturing facility. The first Genesis to be made in the United States and the first production to take place out of South Korea. BMW's i5 is next in the news. Hang on a minute, you're thinking, is there an i5? Well, no, not yet. There is an i4, and you can quite easily see how the 5 Series is need to gonna, will need to go electric. And then what about when you want to get a bit spicy? There's going to be an, an M version, the M50 version. That's what I think we have seen pounding around the Nürburgring. And you know what that is? That means it's ready for prime time when they start going out in public and doing these kind of lap runs to test balance and handling and setup and you know you and i are not going to take the cars to the nurburgring because we're normals um only crazy good drivers do that kind of thing or you know or people do it with their second or third car i'm not <laughs> no i'm not taking the mighty mg to the nurburgring uh, but now we've seen the i5 in camouflage at the nurburgring doing hot laps wearing less camo actually than the last time i saw this could well be the m50 version um and so there's some winglets on it. I think the horizontal grill strikes 
are going to appear there. Uh, some different brakes you can see through the wheels. Uh, the i5 will most probably, according to Car Buzz, come in three flavours. Uh, the 40, or the E-Drive 40, the X-Drive 40 for the all-wheel drive, and the i5 M50 version. Of course, that would be dual motors and very hot and go up against something like the Mercedes-Benz EQE. Now, let's talk a bit about the Ford Lightning. An article on electric today has been shared far and wide. I've seen this retweeted on my feed so many times. I think the electric article and the picture really captured people's imagination. Uh, Remy Octe uh, from Lafayette College is going to fly the electric plane, the first electric plane uh, to fly over at a sporting event at the Lafayette football game on November 19th. The electric plane, though, is based in Hartford, Connecticut and needs to get to eastern Pennsylvania. How do they do that? Well, the issue is the EV plane needs to be charged three times. It's going to hop, going to hop across the country and... There's no charging infrastructure at the airfields it needs to land at, so they're going to use a Ford F-150, and not just one. Ford F-150 Lightning comes with 9.6 kilowatts of pro power on board, and you can power anything from movie sets to disasters, your house in an emergency. But now, according to Electrek, it's going to power the electric plane. Uh, They're going to use two Ford F-150 Lightnings for recharging the plane, and they're going to kind of... uh, Uh, hop from each one to each one and uh, alternate is what I'm trying to say. Each stopping at two of the four airports because the plane will fly faster than the truck can drive and recharge. Each recharging truck um, will carry a film crew. It will allow the people to go get meals while the uh, the truck is recharging the plane. And that's interesting how they'll do that because there is an electric plane that I've seen on the fully charged channel. Um, Robert Llewellyn looked a little bit green by the end of it. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, he said he's been in some light aircraft before, but this looked a bit bumpy that day. Um, and that was at oh, searching the memory bank somewhere off the M3. I want to say like Fleet Farnborough way, um, kind of Hampshire-y. And that's where it was based. But that charged on Chadamo. What was that? Was it a Pipistrel? Um, it charged on Chadamo only. So I'm really interested to see how the Ford F-150, with its sort of 10 kilowatt odd of uh, pro power on board, charges the electric plane and allows it to get to its destination. That's a really, really cool thing to do. On the way very soon, we'll talk about Audi bringing charging stations of their own design to drivers and Geely announced their plans to bring more vehicles to Europe. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Now we'll talk about Tesla. Headline story showing off its new Megapack production facility in California. Tesla has a new Megapack in Lathrop, and uh, that's in California. And via an Instagram post showed us some statistics that we should be looking out for. In the Insta post, Tesla showed off production of the Megapack at the facility, the new manufacturing area just outside of San Francisco. Uh, When the facility was first announced, many were hopeful, writes Tesla Rati, that the new production line would help the company meet the increasing demand for Tesla's energy products. Tesla Rati writes, in the post shared on Instagram, Tesla states the new facility can produce over 10,000 megapacks a year. And of course, megapacks are not power walls that go inside your garage. They are grid-level stuff. Uh, The new facility in Lathrop is likely to uh, lead to a dramatic increase in production. And um, at the minute, Giga Nevada, which makes numerous Tesla products, the only place making the megapack. I don't think they're stopping making megapacks in Nevada. Nevada, but simply adding Lathrop to it. Right, let's talk Audi, and they're bringing their own charging stations of 360 kilowatts, which is damn fast. 
to China uh, for their EV drivers there, uh, with six of them already present in the Chinese market. Uh, and Audi launching new models by 2025. You can already get the RS e-tron GT in China. The first batch of 20 charging units are going into major cities, Beijing, Shanghai, uh, Shenzhen, etc. This year, by the way, the first 20 Audi chargers. Uh, The German automaker will add more locations down the road. The Audi charging infrastructure incorporates liquid-cooled terminals for heat dissipation at 1,000 volts and 400 amps. So 400 amps is a decent chunk of juice to get into a vehicle and of course if your vehicle is an 800 volt architecture and you're charging at 400 amps um, well then you are getting some pretty decent yeah like 360 uh, kilowatts peak rate there's a lot of heat there a lot of internal resistance various parts uh, that are going to generate the heat to to get rid of now of course on a 400 volt um architecture or even less for some cars that's when you know you're not getting much above 150 kilowatts if you've only got 400 amps to play with audi is offering customers free smart charging wall boxes for their home that are 11 kilowatt home chargers if you buy an audi in china talking of china geely will enter the european market signing a deal on friday with a hungarian importer called gace they will distribute geely's premium electric car model in Hungary, Czech Republic, and Slovakia. It's called the Geometry C, is the car. I'm not familiar with the Geometry C, um, but they will be sold in the first half of 2023, and it's Geely's first entry into the Eastern European market. A big step, they say, in their globalization strategy. And finally, GMC's Hummer, Rivian's R1T and Ford's F-150 Lightning have all gone head-to-head. Now, my buddy Tom Malogny, who runs the State of Charge... EV channel on YouTube. Has he ticked over 50,000 subscribers yet? He was a couple of short last time I checked yesterday, so maybe he has. Um, has made a video. Now, he owns... Get there. I'm so jealous of Tom. Uh, Tom. He owns... He ordered an F-150 Lightning and Rivian, thinking they'd come maybe 18 months apart, and they both arrived at a similar time. It's... You know, what a driveway to have. Tom is a very, very successful guy. He is one of the most knowledgeable people in the world on electric vehicles and charging. Also a very successful businessman in his own right, which he, never, which he doesn't talk about uh, because it's not pertinent to electric vehicles. But people are saying, ah, oh, how come this guy's got two of the best trucks in his driveway? Well, look, hey, Tom's worked hard for it. Um, and uh, and he deserves every, uh, every vehicle that he has in his driveway. And so he also had a Hummer on loan. So he was able to do direct head-to-head comparisons of the Hummer, the Rivian, and the Ford. And he's made a brilliant video. I'll pop a link to that story in the in the show notes if you want to watch that. bit of weekend watching for you. And he declares a winner-ish. Well, there's some issues he needs to talk about with the Hummer's charging. Uh, go and check that out if you are interested. Question of the week, taking a break for a while, but it will return. And as it's Sunday, a mention for all of our partners uh, and executive producers of this podcast. I like to do it once a week. If your name is on the list, I hope you get a kick here in your name. Um, thank you so much to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging there on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge if you want it in Hawaii flavour. Derek Riley's EV channel on YouTube. It's called EV Review Island. Check it out. Richard is at RSEV, and he is your number one choice in the UK for buying and selling EVs. Octopus Electric Universe. 
Wireless. Get bigger all the time. Global public charging. They now make it so simple with one app and one map. I use them all the time. Millbrook Cottages down in Devon have five-star luxury cottages. Have you treated yourself to a stay there yet? Go on. You deserve it. And Lease Plan Electric Moments, our latest premium partner. Uh, They provide all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Thanks to our partners, David and Lisa Allen, have been with me for ages. Yucca Cookenham from Shift2Electric.com with the number two. Hi to Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley, battery reports for EVs at RecurrentAuto.com. Talked a fair bit about Recurrent Auto recently. Uh, Get your battery reports if you're interested. And, of course, Darren. Now, Darren McCleskey is from DeNovo Real Estate. And a mention for all of our executive producers. Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banhaney, Alexander Frank, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luomo, Alan, Andy Nancaro and Lillian Cass, Asir Khalid, Bjard Fuchsdak, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson and Bruce Bohannon. Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, Colin Hennessy and the gang at Cam's EV. Craig Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David Prescott and DCEV. Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru Cuny, Nyombi, Frederick Ravik, Jean Rubin, George Chotrolo, Heinrich Leisner, Helmut Selko, Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths and Ian Sear. Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Penfold, James Store, Jan from eMobilityNorway.com, Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John who is Beardy McBeardface at Ken TVs, John Manchak, Juan Gonzalez, Ke- Kester Sandback, Kevin Madison, Lawrence D. Allen, Lee Brown, Luke Cully, Marcel Ward, and Nathan Gore Brown. Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs. Woo! Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Reiner, Phil Mouchet, Philip Forrester, Philip Troutman. Raymond Rowledge, Realtor's Choice Photography, Rob and his channel, RS Thinks, on uh, YouTube. Robert Grace, Seiki Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas J. Tias, Timothy Phillips, and Tyler Voss. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.